are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only with it if you enjoy it. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter, at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me on YouTube, at Coos Ballroom. You can find me over on Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And like I let you guys know at the beginning of every episode... I was a credential media member for 2019-2020 seasons. That kind of makes me a big deal. So on today's podcast, we got a few things here, man, I want to talk about. Uh, at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about if I believe that... Actually, you guys asked me this on Twitter, but we're going to talk about whether I believe a starting five built around former Pistons that are currently in the playoffs, whether I believe that team could make the playoffs and what starting five I'd go with, etc. So we'd go with that at the end of the podcast. Then... Coming up next, we're going to talk about one of the players or one of the moves that Troy Reavers made, one of the only moves really that he's made that really I've never been a fan of and I wasn't the host of the podcast when this move was made. So you guys never really gotten my full thoughts on this. So, And this player is still in the playoffs. So I think you guys probably know where I'm going with this. I'm going to talk about that and give my thoughts on why that's the only move I still have some some regret over that Troy Reavers made. But to start off the podcast... This is going to be a fun one. So I've been teasing talking about this for quite a while on the podcast, for a few weeks now, actually. Probably even going back to when I even first started the podcast, before, first became the host, I probably teased it. Um, and we talked about it a little bit on last podcast as well. And I kind of hinted at it and did a little teaser for you guys on Twitter. I put out a player synergy chart, which synergy is like a website where you get like some in-depth stats. Uh, it tells you like a player's cut, transition numbers. Spot up numbers, pick and roll uh, numbers, pick and roll ball handler numbers, offensive rebounds, off screen handoff, uh, jump shots, runners, all that kind of stuff, like in depth stuff. Uh, you do have to pay for it. It's not free. I have it though. Um, but that's where you get it from. So I tweeted out a player synergy chart, and I tweeted out that this player was a former Piston. And this screenshot is from uh, their last season as a Piston. If you can guess who this former player is and what season this is from, you'll know who I'm going to talk about and what the po- topic of today's podcast podcast is going to be. I'm sorry, I just had like. My voice just disappeared for a second. But, yeah. So, I teased it out on Twitter as well. And if you guys didn't figure out who it was, it was Luke Kennard. And Luke Kennard is currently in the playoffs for the Los Angeles Clippers. He just had a pretty good game after being out the rotation for a minute. He just had a pretty good game seven for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers to help them move past the Dallas Mavericks. And we've been talking about talking about this for a while. And I decided, you know what? Let's go ahead and have the conversation now. So, the conversation is, is Sadiq Bey already better than Luke Kennard? And I know there's a lot of Piston fans who have said yes. Uh, we even had, I, I had Bryce on from Motor City Hoops with the film breakdowns and real uh, smart guy, former D1 basketball player. We've had him on here. I believe he said that he probably would take Sadiq over Luke right now. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are probably saying that right now. Um, and I've, I've constantly said that I, I'm not revealing my opinion. I don't know where I'm leaning at. Uh, it's a conversation worth having, I suppose. And But I've never really given my full opinion on it. So, I'll be telling you guys my answer today. And to start off, I guess I, I guess I should just go ahead and tell you about the gate who it is and explain why. Uh, I do not think that Sadiq Bey is better than Luke Kennard already. I, I understand 
that there's a ton of Pistons fans and all of you guys are probably out there right now listening to this think that Sadiq Bey is better than Luke Kennard right now. Um, I I just don't – I can't get on board with that. I, I really don't see – you know what? Let, let me just get into the explanation. Let, let me just start explaining why. So I have both their synergy charts brought up right in front of me, okay? So I have Luke Kennard's synergy chart from his last season with the Pistons, which was 2019-2020. And then I have Sadiq Bey's synergy chart from this season, his rookie season, obviously, his only season in the NBA. So if you compare the two, you got Luke Kennard, who finished in the ninth first percentile in spot-up situations on the Pistons that year, okay? You got Sadiq Bey, who finished in the 71st percentile. So Luke was a better spot-up shooter than he was. Transition, Sadiq has him there. He's a much better transition player. Sadiq actually is much better than I thought he was in the 88th percentile, scoring 1.35 points per possession. That actually shocked the hell out of me that he was that good in transition. But, and before we go any further, don't think that I'm just going to be basing this around his synergy numbers. Like, there's a reason why I'm bringing this all up. Just stick with me. So, according to synergy, in Luke Kennard's season with the Pistons versus Sadiq last year, Luke was better than Sadiq at what Sadiq's supposed to be best at, which is spot-up shooting. Okay, and that's what Sadiq is supposed to be bringing to the table. That's his main archetype, main uh, skill set right now on offense. What else is Sadiq bringing to the team on offense? I, you're gonna have to tell me. I, I don't know what else Sadiq really brings to the offense besides outside shooting right now, which is completely fine. Like I'm not trying to slander Sadiq throughout this this podcast and this debate right here. I love Sadiq. Sadiq was a really good pick. He's a part of the young core. I'm really happy to have him. But we're talking about him versus Luke Kennard. Um. So. Luke is better than Sadiq in his best skill set, which is spot-up shooting. Then if you just go from there, I mean, Luke hasn't beat in every other statistical category or every, any other skill set on offense. Luke is a way further ahead passer than he is. He's a way better playmaker than Sadiq is. He's a way better in the pick and roll. He can create his own shot way better than Sadiq can. Sadiq finished in the 37th percentile as a pick and roll by handler. Luke Kennard's last season with the Pistons, he finished in the 78th percentile which is very good according to Synergy. So he's miles ahead of him as a pick-and-roll ball handler. Luke is better than better than uh, Sadiq at getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. His last season with the Pistons, Luke Kennard finished at the rim. Uh, around the basket, he was in the 55th percentile, scoring 1.174 points per possession at the rim. Sadiq is in the 19th percentile. Awful. He's not good at finishing around the rim right now. Luke Kennard is better than him at getting to the rim and finishing around the rim. Luke is simply just the better basketball player on offense right now. Like, I don't think that's even a debate. Like, I don't see the real debate for that. So, moving on, you guys are probably wondering, Koo, why do you keep bringing up Luke Kennard's final season with the Pistons? Why aren't you using his season with the Clippers right now? Well, first of all, I can use his final season with the Clippers, but the reason for me not doing that, I'm going somewhere with this. Luke Kennard, the the argument against Luke Kennard that I've seen from Pistons fans and people arguing this I've seen throughout the, the season this year for Luke Kennard versus Sadiq Bey was... Oh, Luke Kennard is finally with the contender, and he's just not—he's not even being a consistent part of the rotation. So, but like that was one of his knocks. So why would I? But but Sadiq Bay is playing for a tanking team. Sadiq Bay is starting for the second worst team in the NBA. So okay, I'll, I'll go back to where Luke Kennard played for the same bad team or a worse team when he actually got to play on a worse team and compare their numbers each on bad teams. Because the only reason why Luke is not wasn't in the consistent rotation was because he played in contender. And do we know for sure if Sadiq Bey is playing on consistent contender like the Clippers? Do we know that for sure? I don't know if that we know that for sure. We don't. So, but then even if you want me to use Luke Kennard's numbers with the Clippers this year, they all point to Luke anyways. Luke is a much better spot up shooter 
than Sadiq this year with the Clippers. He's in the 95th percentile again. Better than Sadiq. He's in the 62, 62nd percentile as a pick-and-roll ball handler this year with the Clippers. Better than Sadiq. Around the basket, he's in the 85th percentile. Excellent, according to Synergy. Around the basket, much better than Sadiq. All jump shots. He's 92nd percentile. Way better than Sadiq. So it's just, and all jump shots off the dribble. Luka's in the 87th percentile. Excellent. Way better than Sadiq. So listen, I understand that Sadiq may become better than Luka in the future. Okay, that that's certainly a possibility. And the, the point of Sadiq being a better defender right now, not being able to be, I guess, hunted on the floor or played off the court, I, I guess that's somewhat fair, even though I feel like the final two games the Clippers played, Luke, against the Mavs, kind of like put that notion to the side that Luke should be getting played off the floor. When Luke was on the floor, they played much better, and he got played some legit minutes in Game 7 and was a key part of their swing uh, in that second half when they took that lead. So I think they kind of put that to the put that to rest that Luke should be getting played off the floor. Luke probably should have been in the rotation all along for them. That's what I'm going to go with. But Sadiq can be a better player than Luke moving forward at some point. But right now, you seriously, I, I don't see the argument for Sadiq over Luke. Luke is a better basketball player than him in just about every facet. He's able to get to the rim. He's able to finish around the rim better. He's able to shoot better than Sadiq, which is Sadiq's main skill set on offense. Luke's a better shooter. He's a better shooter off the dribble. He's able to create his own shot. He's able to shoot from mid-range, something that Sadiq's really struggling at. He's not able to shoot from mid-range. I know that's something that a lot of people think that he can add to his game, but as of right now, I think a lot of Piston fans have like fooled themselves into thinking that's something that Sadiq has a part of his repertoire right now. But he really does not have that a part of his repertoire at all. So Sadiq this year from 17 to the three-point line, which is 17 feet to the three-point line, which is like mid-range, he's shooting 0.75 points per possession, which is in the av- which is 38th percentile, which Synergy classifies as average. The one that Luke Kennard shot this year from 17 feet to the three-point line, 1.07 points per possession, 96th percentile, excellent, according to the rest of the NBA. Okay? So it's just... Listen... I know Pistons fans love Sadiq. I know I kind of sound like a broken record here. I just want to make this clear. I'm not hating on Sadiq. Sadiq could become the better player in the future. But Pistons fans are going too far, and people are going too far trying to say he's better than Luke Kennard right now. Luke Kennard is the better basketball player than Sadiq Bay right now, and I honestly don't think it's particularly close. We don't have to say those kind of things to, to hype up Sadiq and be fans of Sadiq. We can be fans of Sadiq and love Sadiq without making ludicrous uh, claims like that. Sadiq Bay's not better than Luke, and that's fine. He just isn't. He may be in the future. Right now, he's not particularly close, in my opinion. And I think basically every number you'll find uh, will back that up as uh, well. Uh, Anyways, coming up next on the podcast, we're going to talk about the one move that I really have never been a fan of by Troy Reaver and something that consistently eats at me day by day. I never really got to talk about it because I wasn't the host of the podcast when this move went down. So we're going to talk about it coming up. And then also late in the podcast, one of you guys wanted me to talk about the starting five of former Piston players currently in the playoffs and whether I believe they could make the playoffs if we made it around that team. So stay tuned for all that coming up. But before we get into all that, let me tell you about one of our newer sponsors, Credit Karma. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. And who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added to your spend account. 
Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And only between June 8th and June 30th, when you make a purchase between these times, you'll be automatically entered into win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. Yes, once again, that's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. You ever need a part for your car? Head to the store. Go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you that they don't have the part that you're looking for. I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems. Rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or make it a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com so, like I said, man, we're, we're going to talk about the one move that Troy Reaver made that eats at me every day and the one move that I just simply will never get behind and will never completely understand why he did it. And I, I think it's easily his worst move that he's made. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to take the, 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 the point of view of, hey, get over it, it is what it is. But there's a reason. I'm invested in this, okay? I'm emotionally invested in this specific move. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know what move I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, it was the Bruce Brown trade, okay? So before we even tell you about what I don't like about him, why I believe it was very dumb from the get-go and why it's even more dumb now, uh, listen, I-, I was a Bruce Brown guy from the get-go, okay? I literally, I, I I put my name on the line, okay? Like literally last year after the Pittston season ended, everyone was talking about Christian Wood, or not ended, but when the NBA season got canceled, we didn't... And, we didn't know if the basketball would come back, and then we found that the Pistons would be playing, etc. Between that little time frame, everyone was talking about Christian Wood was the big takeaway from the Pistons. Christian Wood this, Christian Wood that. And then I went out on a limb and wrote for Detroit Bad Boys this long article, one of my best articles I've, I've wrote. I, I'm very proud of it. Uh, I wrote about why I believed Bruce Brown actually was the big takeaway from the Pistons, why he was the, the, the biggest improvement on the Pistons, why Pistons fans should be extremely excited about Bruce Brown. And at the time... A lot of people, I wouldn't say they completely laughed at me, but they kind of threw it to the side. Because, you know, Christian Wood was averaging all these points, whatever, and Bruce Brown didn't really... I mean, look at look at what Bruce averaged that year, okay? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and act like Bruce Brown averaged like 20 points th- that season. He only averaged 8.9 points a game for the Pistons that season, the second season, which was last year for them, when I wrote that article. So it wasn't like he came out of nowhere and was like made it like a 10-point improvement. But what I wrote about in that article and the main point about Bruce's season that I constantly pointed out is that he improved in every area of his game and he took major jumps in every area in his game. He didn't just improve like small amounts. He went from being really bad at a lot of things to being average at a lot of things, which is a big jump to take between one offseason. So that was my big thing that I talked about in there and that if he could make that kind of jump again, watch out for how good he could become. And eventually the Pistons traded him. And we didn't really get to see if he could make that jump with the Pistons. But at that time, I said from the get-go, trading Bruce Brown was stupid. We should not have done it. He was a part of this young core. 
He should be a part of this team moving forward. He's a really good piece. And the Pistons shouldn't have traded him. I said it from the get-go. Now, mind you, right now, Bruce Brown is 24 years old. So I understand he may not be like 20 years old. So that was the whole argument at that point. They wanted to reset the timeline, which I I, I guess, whatever. I, I Whatever. It's not a big enough move for me to like like cond- condemn Troy Reaver at the time. But it was a decent enough move for me and with the emotions I had invested into it to say it was really stupid at the time. So fast forward to now. It looks even more dumb now. It, it, it literally, it literally, all you had to do honestly was fast forward like a month and a half, and it looked even more dumb at that point. Because in a month and a half, the guy you traded him for, which is Zanin Musa, was cut, who you ended up having to pay more money to cut if you would have just kept Bruce. So the Pistons literally paid to cut Musa and give away Bruce Brown. So <laughs> they paid money to get rid of Bruce, which just makes it look even more stupid. And at the time, I had so many people telling me, listen, Koo, I understand you like Bruce Brown, but at this point, he's just a bad player. You're overrating him because you played for the Pistons. You got that interview with him. You talked to him in the locker room, so you're overrating him because you have too many emotions attached. He's a bad player. I was told by multiple people close to the Pistons that he's a bad player. I got told by multiple people who are fans of the Pistons. I got told by multiple people who write about the Pistons. I got told by one of the beat writers that he was Like, I got told by all kinds of people that, listen, Bruce was just a bad player. Literally, they said the words bad player. And I sat there and said, no, he is not. He's not going to be. He's going to prove me right. You're just going to have to wait and see. And what did Bruce do this year for the Brooklyn Nets, mind you? He didn't go to a bad team like we were talking about earlier with Sadiq and Luke Kennard, where you're obviously going to play in a bad team. So let's see what you do when you get to a good team. Bruce Brown is playing for the Brooklyn Nets, currently the favorites for the NBA championship. What did Bruce do this year for the Brooklyn Nets? Well, I don't know. He only had a career-high true shooting percentage of 60.4% where his previous career high was 51.8%, a whopping 9% improvement in one season. He more than doubled his win shares from his best season with the Pistons, which was his second season at 2.1. He had 4.4 win shares this season for the Brooklyn Nets. He also shot 59.9% from two-point range, basically 60% from all two-pointers. His previous career high with the Pistons, 47%, a 13% improvement in one offseason. His field goal percentage, from, so his overall percentage from the field, 55.6 this season. Over 10% improvement from his best season with the Pistons, which was 44%. Okay? And obviously, this has to do with playing for a good team with the Brooklyn Nets. But I don't remember anyone saying that the only way that Bruce Brown could prove that he was a good player is if he went to, like, the worst team in the league and then balled out for them. Obviously, all the Pistons role players, all the Pistons players from the, like the past five years have been on to be good players for other contending teams. I was not told that. I was told that he was a bad player. You paid to get rid of Bruce Brown. His value in that trade represented that of a bad player. That's what his value showed in that trade, and that's what people were saying about him. He looked like a good player this year, a really good player for the Brooklyn Nets this year. He had career highs across the board. And obviously, yes, it has to do with him playing for Brooklyn Nets. But guess what? You know what I said about Bruce Brown last year on multiple podcasts I was invited on, on multiple YouTube accounts I was invited on, and articles I wrote about Bruce? It's something I said repeatedly on my own accounts about Bruce, that he is a Swiss Army knife. He can help you in multiple different ways. He's capable of handling the ball. He's capable of passing the ball. He's a really nice playmaker, really good finishing. He's athletic. He can guard one through four on defense. And for this year with the Brooklyn Nets, he's not even being asked to control the ball, obviously. not asking to dribble the ball, but he's being asked to be a big man, basically, and set screens and be a pick-and-roll guy. You know what kind of numbers that's resulted in Bruce Brown having this season for the Brooklyn Nets? Well, his runners, he is in the 75th percentile in all floaters and runners across the NBA, which is considered very good, according to Synergy. 
All shots around the basket that are not post-ups, he's in the 61st percentile, which is rated by as good by Synergy. And then this is another thing that I just want to point out about, about Bruce as well, as well this season with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. In transition, he's in the 83rd percentile. On offensive rebounds, he's in the 79th percentile. But this is the one I, I really want to look at. As a pick-and-roll man, he is in the 55th percentile, which is what Synergy ranks as good. It's his fourth most used arc, or play type on offense, okay? It's honestly crazy. But this is what I predicted for Bruce. I didn't predict that he'd be, like, a big guy for the Brooklyn Nets. But what I said over and over and called him was a Swiss Army knife where you could use him in so many different areas. I literally said the reason why I liked him so much is because his ceiling and his outcome had so many different pathways. You don't know where he could have went because he had so many different skill sets. He could go this way. He could do this. He could do that. He could go this way. Like, it was so many different ways he could have went. And he's showing that all for the Brooklyn Nets this year. He's able to do so many different things for him. And once again, the main thing I want to shut down, then we can move on past it. I know Bruce is not on the Pistons anymore, but I had to talk about this because Bruce is in the playoffs this year. And like I said, I never really got to talk about it because I wasn't the host of the podcast when it happened. So I'm going to talk about it now real quick, now that he had a really good game today, by the way, for the Brooklyn Nets against the Milwaukee Bucks in game two of a blowout. He had 13 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Which, by the way, today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. But the last point I want to make about Bruce, and we can we can move on, stop talking about it. Like I said, I have to talk about it now. Uh, but the thing is that I keep hearing people say is that, of course, look what he's doing. Look who he's playing with. He's playing with KD. He's playing with James Harden. He's playing with blah, blah, blah. Like he's on a stack team before he's going to look good. But why is everybody else doing it? Not every player shows up on a contender and is able to do it. If Bruce Brown is not special or not a good player, why, why didn't they just get someone else? Why don't they just ask, uh, who else is on that team? Mike James. Why don't they just ask Mike James to do what he's doing? Why not? If, if it's just that easy, you just throw a random person on a contender, they can do what Bruce does. Why don't they just ask, who are these other guys? Tyler Johnson on there. TLC. Why don't they ask these guys to do it? It's because what Bruce Brown's doing for the Brooklyn Nets is something that only Bruce Brown could be able to do and only a few other players are able to do. Bruce Brown's 6'4 and plays like he's 7 feet. He's physical. He's able to do all the dirty work. He has incredible, he has nice touch. He's an excellent athlete. Bruce Brown is, is, is a Swiss Army knife. And not every player is a Swiss Army knife. So no, not any player could just do what he's doing for the Brooklyn Nets. And the Pistons basically paid to give him to the Brooklyn Nets. They cut Musa, which they had to pay to do, which was more, they had to pay more than Bruce Brown would have been just simply paid this season to do it. So, yeah. That's the move that Tory Rivers made that I will never get over. And I probably will... I'm not going to say I'll never forgive him about it. Because obviously, like I said, it's not going to cripple the franchise or anything. But it's definitely one of those moves that I'm going to sit back always and be like, why? Why do you have to do that? It's just, why? It didn't make no sense. If you were going to trade him, at least get something that valued him. It was clear that Tory Rivers didn't value him as a good player. It's clear that a lot of people within or close with the Pistons didn't think he was a good player either. I was told it by almost everybody. And I just want to say, I was right. And go Bruce. I'm rooting for you the rest of the playoffs. When we come back, we're going to talk about five former Piston players that are currently in the playoffs and whether I believe that starting lineup could be a playoff team if they're still in the Pistons. But before we get to that, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Line AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's when I found Line. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and MLB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. 
BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and pops on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So one of you guys actually tweeted me this and asked me to talk about this on the podcast, which I thought was a pretty fun thing since I believe last podcast we just talked about all these former Piston players in the playoffs and how it's cool to see them all. One of you guys listened and told me, hey, you should probably talk about like if we just made a starting five of all these former Piston players. You took like the five best players and made them your starting lineup. Do you think that starting lineup could be a playoff team? And I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. We, that's a, one of those like end of the podcast ones we can just do real quick, not make it last too long. It'd be pretty fun. So... Out of all the Piston players, I believe, that are in the playoffs right now. We're not going to count Andre and KCP since they're already out the playoffs. We're going to talk about the ones that are currently in the playoffs right now. So the ones I have right now, and I don't think I've missed everybody. I went through all the rosters, or unless I'm just forgetting that one of these players played for the Piston, I didn't write them down. Uh, I don't believe I did. But going through them all, I have Blake, I have Reggie, I have Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, Bruce Brown, Boban, and Middleton. So I have to make a starting five out of all these players. So, I think this at point guard is pretty obvious. I'm going to go with Reggie Jackson. He's basically the only point guard on this roster. So, uh, I mean, out of all these people I could pick. So, Reggie Jackson would be my starting point guard. Um, I would obviously take Tobias. Tobias has to be here. I think he might be... Uh, yeah, I think Tobias... Actually, no, not to, Tobias isn't the best player here. Chris Middleton is. But honestly, part of me doesn't really want to include Chris Middleton. Because Chris Middleton was so far long ago. And, like, he was only here for a year when he was, like, a rookie. And it's like... I don't know. I know. I know it's like a bummer that we let him go, but I just really have a hard time calling him a former Piston since it was basically his rookie year, and then we just flipped him away. Uh, but I guess I'll do one with and without Chris Milton. So the first one we'll do with Chris Milton. So it'll be Reggie Jackson, point guard, Chris Milton, shooting guard, Tobias at small forward. Uh, actually, would Tobias play? Um, actually, I'll go Marcus Morris at small forward, Tobias at power forward, and then do I do do I go super small and put Blake at center, or do I go Boban at center? See, because I don't know who, like, this is just based off the starting five you guys wanted, this dude wanted me to do. So it's not like, like, Boban has to play against all teams. And we talked about this a few podcasts ago with Boban, that he really struggles on defense, like, especially when you put him in pick and rolls. So I don't know if I'd want to be playing Boban 30 minutes a game against pick and rolls 82 games a season. So actually, I'll go with Blake at center. So my starting five will be Reggie, Luke, Marcus, Tobias, and Blake. That would be my starting five. Wait, no, 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 I lied, I lied, I lied. See, I messed that up again. I, I'm confused myself. This one's going to be with Middleton. So with Middleton, it would be Reggie, Middleton, Marcus, Tobias, and Blake. That would be my starting five. And do I believe that team could make the playoffs? Yes, I do. I think Chris Middleton and Tobias Hayes are really good basketball players. So I think they could get you there. Reggie Jackson, healthy, I think would be a fine point guard uh, to have with them. Uh, I, I like the switchability with Tobias Marcus and Chris Middleton. I think they can all switch across. And honestly, even Blake. Like I feel like they could all probably just switch across. They may not be a very good defensive team because they have Blake as their center. Uh, I'd have to get like a backup center who was pretty good defensively. I I'd hope. Uh, but this starting five, I, I think they make the playoffs. Let me know what you think. I think Reggie Middleton, Tobias, Marcus, and Blake all make. I think that team makes the playoffs. Chris Middleton is really freaking good, and so is Tobias. Marcus is also a pretty damn good player. Reggie Jackson is a pretty damn good player, and Blake is probably the weak link on this team. But we're not asking Blake to do much. Uh, hopefully, even with hopefully with us asking him not to do too much, maybe then he'll actually play like he wants to be here. Uh, sorry, I had to take that little shot right there. I'm not trying to get that started again. Do not start that with me again. The in the, in the mentions, I, it was just a joke. 
It was just a joke, please. Uh, but this one I will do without Middleton since I don't really want to count him. We'll do Reggie, Luke, Luke Kennard, Marcus, Tobias, Blake. Uh, I think that right there also makes the playoffs. I think Mark. I think Tobias is a really damn good player. I think all five of them are really good. I, all five of them are good basketball players. I think Blake, once again, is the weakest link of that lineup. But I think all five are good players. And if you have them all healthy for 82-game season, I think they make the playoffs. It may not be a high seed. I'm not saying they're going to be great. It would be like an 8-7 seed kind of thing. But I do think they probably make the playoffs, depending also with their backups. Like, if they just have trash bench, then obviously, no, I don't think that's happening. But Tobias is really freaking good. And Marcus is, is a damn good player. So is Reggie. And Luke, I think, is is a pretty good player as well, with Blake just being there to please just hit some open threes and, and pass the ball and dunk the ball every now and then make everybody happy. So that's my starting – those are my two starting fives with former Piston players in the NBA playoffs right now. Tell me what your guys' NBA playoff former Piston starting five would be and whether you guys believe they would make the playoffs if that was the starting five of the Pistons right now on Twitter at KukaHillNBA or in the reviews down below. Let me know what you guys would do. Uh, thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. That's all I've got for you guys today. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing the mailbag Wednesday. I have already like six or seven questions from you guys from a tweet the other day. I'm going to tweet it out some more, try to get uh, even more questions. We should have enough to have a whole mailbag episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that on Wednesday. I hope you guys enjoyed these playoff games. Have fun. Enjoy it. And I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Peace out, everybody. Have a great day.